podcast, a podcast for no reason. Today we'll be discussing season four, episode eight, Crimes of the Hot. My name is Michelle Burlingame. With me are Tommy Roulette. How's it going? And Pete Woodward. That's me. Joining us today is very special guest, comedian Ramon Rivas. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, Before we go any further, I think we need to make this abundantly clear. Our gratitude for... All of your help in helping us promote this show inadvertently. No problem, man. But the the night I ran into you in January in LA and I said, Should I go to Hot Tub or should I go to Doug Lowe's movies? And you said, Go to Doug Lowe's movies. Yeah. And that night I got us mentioned on Doug Lowe's movies. Oh. So uh you and Benson and Chris Hardwick are now the patron saints. Cool, man. And to make it even I I think I might have texted you this. It was late at the end of the night. But when I got back to my hotel room that night, somebody had been smoking weed and it stank like weed. I'm like, this is, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I was there like a little ghost of, from the future. Yeah, yeah <laughs> perfect. Um, this, this Jumbotron got real weird. Um, it was, I think, a fake Mickey Mouse blowing a trumpet into a wolf's mouth so that his ears were exploding. Yeah, he had eardrums. Did I, did I see that right, Tom? Yeah, I think it was. It was called uh, Much Ado About Mutton. Hmm. That was the original cartoon? <laughs> yes. 1947 or something. They love puns. <laughs> and, and apparently and psychedelics. And racism. Yes. <laughs> There's been a whole like like spate of Bosco cartoons throughout this because they just throw like that public domain thing right mm-hmm. up at the beginning. And invariably it i can't wrap my head around any of it so i bring it up and then tom tries to explain it and and we get to where we are now um this this was a this was an interesting episode i had a lot of questions about it as we went through i really like this episode I thought it has it was one of my favorite too. lines in it but um i think i'm trying to remember what episode it was cuz i don't i don't know what day it is and this one we're recording sort of out of sequence but we used to do the questions of asking people their relationship with the show, right? Yes. And so uh, what is your relationship with Futurama, Ramon? How did, um, how did you come to it? Pretty, I, I mean, I remember watching it as it was on, and they kept changing the times. I remember when it was canceled originally. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely one of those shows that I throw on as background while I'm doing work or doing other things. That's a um, very popular place for it. Yeah, it's because it's got quick, quick jokes. Like it's interesting, like watching it. Like I've wa- I wa- watched it with like my nephews and nieces as well, who they're you know I think when we started watching it, they were like in the eight to twelve age bracket mm-hmm. range. But they, a lot of uh, Futurama's like pop culture references, but like satirically done. Yeah. So it's interesting to watch it as a person who knows what they're satirizing and then with people who have no frame of reference and <laughs> still laugh, still laughing. So it's interesting that the humor is, it's just, it's just joke writing. Yeah. Like the, the reference is there, but it's also just the structure of the, I like, uh, like I remembered this episode as soon as I started reading it. Cause I like it. Cause it has all the good answer. Like it's got the, 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 the newscaster Morbo. It's got Farnsworth. It's got all the, like the good foils that are like, they can't carry a whole episode, but for like snippets, they add right. you know, contour. Oh, so there's like a that. ton of good Morbo in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, sometimes that his happens. Head, his head going. With, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, that happens on this show sometimes where I'm just old enough to know shit that like 
I think there's one a couple episodes ago. Like I don't know what the fuck I this means. I made mean. myself a yeah. note to ask Pete about Dukakis. Um, <laughs> but that's but it's, it, it reminds me a lot of the Bugs Bunny cartoons I've watched when I was a kid because they were pop culture references yeah. of jokes. But like I don't like I shouldn't know what this is. See, but I know it through this cartoon, which kind of Futurama kind of carries that torch. I'd never even thought about that. That's like. Just that that it, I mean, because he I, and I think it's the same thing. It's like you know that Edward G. Robinson, like, rah, 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 mm-hmm. right? Like you know it because of Bugs Bunny or Elmer Fudd or whoever. Yeah. And and you know at some point way after the fact, I kind of put the pieces together. But I, that I wonder what you. I still can't like to this day. If I hear certain pieces of classical music, I just have a vision of the cartoon yeah. part <laughs> from that. For- yeah. Even, like, I've probably seen more Humphrey Bogart caricatures in Looney Tunes cartoons than I have actual <laughs> Humphrey Bogart movies. Yeah. And Futurama was kind of the last place I remember there being, like, like Mel Blanc was, like, a huge comedic influence just by, without realizing it just because yeah. all the things he did uh, with voices. But now everything animated kind of the voices are famous already in some way, shape, or form from yeah. something else. I don't know, like the Futurama people is most like there's a couple name people, but for the most part, it's just like people who just crush voice acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's yeah, what they sure. do. Yeah. So it's it's definitely one of the last places that that is still a thing. Yeah, because they, I mean, really anymore, if they're, I mean, they almost build. Move, like movie, like Disney movies. Oh, it's yeah. all people who are, this name, this name, that name. Or even the shows on Netflix. It'll be like, well, this is Bill Burr's cartoon, or this is and uh, and Will Arnett, or And it's whoever. their friends and their stuff, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no. like BoJack Horseman's amazing. Like, it's cool. Like, this whole season, like, I, the newest one, I was watching it, and I'm trying to place who the, his sister, the, 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 the female horses, probably just ruined the whole season <laughs> um, but I, I was trying to place it i'm like what is it and i'm trying to think it, and i'm like it's a parna which is really cool for me because oh, i shit. taped i taped my half hour the same season as her and like got my family got there and like we ate snacks and then we sat and watched a parna tape her special so i got to sit with my mean niece next to her like you know <laughs> so it was a cool like that's a cool moment so like realizing that oh yeah. i know that person like it's cool to have that like click over recognition for sure yes. for sure and i think i saw her i think the day after that doug loves movie show mm-hmm. at at nerd Mile, and she's so she's great funny she's and amazing. like super nice mm-hmm. just Fantastic. like it's really it's always a bonus yeah um which is which so is that's fun. what's cool about voice voice acting now is most of it is people who are comedians who now they're getting these opportunities to do the voiceover stuff. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Like Ron Funches has been a voice in a couple of books. TJ Miller does TJ a bunch Miller of does, stuff Yeah, too. like commercial. Like it's yeah. so it's cool to see that. But then it's also like Futurama's nostalgic for me because like I don't know who Joe DiMaggio is other than. Yeah, like he's he Bender. Does, he's just Bender. Like he <laughs> or, does. Or the, uh, what's the dog on Jake Adventure the dog. Time? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I did. Has Billy West ever done in front of the camera acting or is he just straight up voiceover? Uh, I don't know. I never really looked at his like filmography. It's like Phil Phil Lamar and he's done Katie Segal have done at, both. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Matt TV. And but she's in all, all but it is stuff. a very deep bench with mm-hmm. like uh, Hank Azaria, who's he's done both. Yeah, but he's he's. I wouldn't say more fame in voice acting, but that's probably where he gets most of his money. I, well, Simpsons, anybody on yeah. the Simpsons, <laughs> Simpsons yeah. and all this other stuff. Like they, they make so much money that Harry Shearer, you know. Is never satisfied mm-hmm. ever. Ever. 
he he seems like a very humorous guy for someone who's been involved in so many funny projects over I the years. I feel like I feel like a lot of very proficient comedy people are kind of not sour pusses, but like you're like I I'm the same way. I like I'm very kind of just like people are like, Oh, you're you're a comic? It's like, yeah, I'm just a quiet person and Save then like I stage. go on stage and just I'm not like any I'm just talking except I'm just as quiet. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and your your stage persona is not like an over the top kind of thing. No, because I'm not an over the top type of person. There's no. some people who are that on stage, and there's a degree of that off stage too. But for me, it's they're a little hard to take sometimes, though, right? Yeah. Very <laughs> sure. I mean, wouldn't you also be kind of bummed out if you've been doing the same job for 30 years? No, I'd that was like, the American like, dream. I'm making mad. Dough. Yeah, but <laughs> and and this this is you literally his job is this. And he he literally True. phones it in. Yeah, like he just, he doesn't even have to go anywhere. Yeah, he just has a, like a DSL. That, I, after thirty years, though, it'd have to get some. You'd have to experience some sort of monotony, or you know. Yeah, no, you get tired of anything. You'd that's, have to. That's why you get even more if money. you love something. Even even a dream job is still a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I have to imagine that Harry Shearer is putting in exactly an hour's worth of work every week. If that, <laughs> if that, you know, yeah, from know. his house, I think, I think uh, he probably doesn't have to go, but I think they still do like table reads. I think they still do like pre-production type of stuff. See, I thought he go. doesn't leave New Orleans. I don't know. I, I guess in LA, the people that are in like, or he might like have to go and do them all at one one yeah. sitting. Like I don't, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I, welcome Whatever to Stormcast. We just shit on Harry, Harry Shearer. Shearer with uh, his all his money. Being I unhappy. love Harry Shearer. Uh, yeah, he's a great dude. Have you ever listened to Les Show? I have. I that. I'm doing. Uh, I'm actually like my silence is replicating that now. He's got these long fucking pauses, and it's I, I can't listen to it. It's um, it's too slow for me. Hmm. But I, I, you know. I, I like Harry Shearer too. Lots, yeah. lots of great work, and we don't need to talk about him anymore. I'm sorry I brought him up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I that instant pool water that they Definitely had included. I I don't know how that works, but I wish I did. It's like <laughs> almost because they had to spray water on the instant water to turn it into more water, but it turned into more water really fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. with chlorine and the dead leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, that how. That seems like something that could get figured out with science. I mean, I feel like it's the same concept of, like, dehydrated food that they send into space. Like, you just add water and it adds whatever. It doesn't mean it's good. So it's dehydrated water. Yeah, which, which is oxymoronic. Right. It's, well, it's, it's hydrogen and oxygen. But, like, I, I want to find a scientist to explain it to me because I feel like that could be done. I mean, dry ice... Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it, it just... I wish I was a scientist. Oh. It's also a thousand years in the future. So. True. Yeah. This is true. That's I, science. We just don't have that science yet. But, but We haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> Zoidberg was steaming in his own shell and needed to get into that pool. Um, How hot is it? Why... Why was Fry wearing a jacket and a hat? Like, throughout the whole thing where everybody was There's dying. There's a deleted scene. Okay. That I watched. Um... He puts his winter hat, he gets his winter hat wet and puts it in the freezer. So <laughs> it's nice and cold. And then he goes, Get anybody else want to guess why I'm wearing my red wool underwear? 
and he pulls it out, and then Hermes looks in his glass, and there's little pieces of red fiber in his ice. <laughs> and he's like, damn it, other people use that freezer. But that's the whole reason why he's wearing a hat. See, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I never even thought about doing that, but that's a smart idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know if it was like, you know, like the thing where like, uh, you know, teenagers won't, dress appropriately for the weather because they don't you know they want to mess up their hair or shit like that or vice versa where it's like you dress you, you're you know like a, a crusty punk out in the middle of summer with like black leather on top of black denim on top of more black denim on right. top of all kinds of stink and then you, it's just like just put on put on some cutoffs or something mm. you know like at a certain point your 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 commitment to your look is making other people uncomfortable. And you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't, I mean, are they worried about martyring or something? I don't know, man. You'd have to talk to Danzig. Then there's the guys <laughs> that wear shorts, <laughs> long shorts all the time. Yes. No matter what time yeah, of like year. My uncle Smith. was one of those dudes. What For, is your uncle not? My a- uncle is a shorts guy. Like Christmas Day, he'd come with his wife to my grandparents' house, shorts and a t-shirt, no coat, Damn. no hat, no gloves. Is your I uncle still it. a person? Yeah. Is he no longer a shorts all the time guy? Is he a bigger guy? Uh, he's not a small guy, but he's not like a big guy. He's this, a you know the, the way you phrased it, and he was a shorts guy. It either means like past tense. Oh, yeah. he he probably still is. I just haven't seen him in a really long time. Oh, okay. Because it, <laughs> it was either that, like he, he he's still living. I'm sure he's still a, a shorts guy. He got his wardrobe together, or he died. Were the two conclusions I could think of. Um, so hopefully your uncle's doing well and has long pants. <laughs> um, the the. Uh, the movie, I, the, the, movie the movie that yes. they watch it's that's the, the one, this is one of my favorite episodes and because that is it, one of the reasons because that is hilarious with the human torch looking sunbeam yeah <laughs> and now uh, we i was wa- i was watching this at work when i was at uh work and uh eric kaplan the not that eric kaplan but the, the, uh, the our guest the previous guest uh said that he really wants a tattoo that on me now where it's the <laughs> sunbeam oh, and the, uh, beat up by the greenhouse, the greenhouse gas it was I, the uh, there was there was the um, the way that the host because he was like a Rod Serling type guy in this instructional film, uh, which by the way was getting played on Bender as a projector. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck that came from. That, Bender's that, just used for everything. I've got real deep seated issues about that. Uh, going back sixty mm. episodes now, it, it's. It's a whole thing. It's my own. I mean, they're, I, they're my own issues. I own them, but sometimes I feel for the like life the, of us, we cannot convince Pete that it's a cartoon. <laughs> so. No, I know. I <laughs> Bill Squire almost got me to accept the cartoon logic aspect of it, and now I'm a little more open to it. But that sometimes is like, no, this is not acceptable. Yeah. But the um, the host of the movie, when he's trying to explain to the little girl, like. Oh, this is what happened, and and we started dropping these giant ice cubes and things when our most handsomest politicians came up with the solution. <laughs> Why haven't we tried that yet? Global well, wah But the uh, the thing when he yells at her, <laughs> I think we solved the problem once and for all, and she starts to respond. He's like, "Once and for once all!" Once and for all. <laughs> that is but... that is actually shown in the movie, an inconvenient truth by Al Gore. Really? He actually uses that in that movie. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is like, does this does this episode tie in 
with an inconvenient truth. Like, what's the time difference between the well, two? Al Gore is Emperor of the Moon in this yes. episode. With his clear. sweet, like, Dracula collar. I mean, when, <laughs> when this came out? Yeah. Um, I don't know when. I've never seen an inconvenient truth. It's, it's, it's also, I mean... I think that was like 2000 and yeah, I was gonna say 2005 or six. But even you know, it's Farnsworth's fault because uh, he invented sports utility robots, <laughs> where it's a, the correlation to sports utility vehicles and the auto industry is like so like laid in there. But like they're not, they're letting you draw that conclusion on your own. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's interesting how they're they're just tying in like yeah, technology is what does it. It's the people who do it, but like you can blame it on the technology if you want, but it's just people's consumption yeah it's it's hard you mm -hmm. get i mean it becomes a self-perpetuating problem like i don't want to not have my air conditioning because mm -hmm. it's unbearable outside now even it was 80 degrees this week in october in ohio that's not right no and glad well and i need my aerosol cans well, yeah, your hair doesn't just stay in place by itself. Yeah. My hair. These whippets aren't going to do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there, was a, there was a real quick, it's just like a quick shot that didn't really have anything to do with anything, but when Nixon shows up on the screen to, uh, to give them the mission to go to Haley's Comet, uh, Zoidberg, when he just stands up and salutes real quick, that was beautiful. It's like almost a throwback to the, the Taste of Freedom episode, but it was just so like, does he remain as patriotic? That's uh, because he's so dumb. He's like, he's <laughs> well, he, I mean, him and Nixon are buddies now that Nixon let him eat the flag on stage in front of the cameras and everything. But mm -hmm. uh, there's, I feel like there's a lot of really good Zoidberg in this period. Um, even yeah, the stuff at the beginning. Got some good Zoidberg stuff like, in it. Like when he was talking about steaming in his own shell, there was a lot of why not and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Um, the big uh, ice thing for the for Haley's Comet is also is like the second cup. part of this. <laughs> second thing, why I love this so the much. Big giant yeah. styrofoam cup yeah. on top of the Planet <laughs> Express. That was I. That was one of my favorite visuals of this Just episode. Just thinking about like it being styrofoam and it, they're trying to prevent yeah. global warming. <laughs> the the drill that they put on Haley's Comet is like an ice dispenser with a little lever that says "push for ice." Mm -hmm. like, well, they just parked the Planet Express. How did they get it. there so quick? That was the That's other. That's the whole space, about. man. I know they have a dark matter drive. <laughs> I know, but it was they like have access to things we well, don't. Where would access. Haley's comet be in the year three thousand? Somewhere within right? a seventy-five mile radius or seventy-five-year radius, right? Unless it had completely disintegrated. Something that's something math could have bumped it and moved it head. forward, or I mean, they also at the end of this episode moved the Earth a little bit. Oh yeah, that's a whole. Oh, thing. That's like I spoiled it. <laughs> but I. I mean, comets are made out of ice. So how could the comet be mm. out of ice? Unless it was just a dramatic... It's just a joke, man. I know, I know. <laughs> and it's, it's, this will be a recurring theme. It's just this, this stuff really, it gets to me sometimes. But um, there was, I get, and oh, this goes back to what you were saying before, Ramon, about the, just the references and how, like, you know, your, your younger relatives don't get them but you get them watching them with them but like so much of this shit and this is 17 years old or whatever is timely now and that's yep. what's so fucked up about it just even the thing like there's no safer occupation than mining like 
That who who knew that would be a crux of the election? <laughs> what about the <laughs> years later? Fry's Yakov Smirnoff said it joke. Yeah, <laughs> throughout the episode. Um, I don't know. Like that wasn't. He hasn't done. No, did he do that before? Um, when he was doing his eighties nostalgia. I think so. Maybe that's where it came up from. Um. Those those are I love Lilo's response. <laughs> no, we no, didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, there's there's a uh, is he still like just running the show down in Branson, Missouri? I think that was his. I think so. That was his final refuge. Like people who just want to remember the good old days of the Cold War. Now was he like an actual like popular comic? Was yeah, that he's like huge. Yeah. like Tonight Show? He was the equivalent. He w- he's like if. If mm. like the when Borat hit and was like everyone was like Borat, yeah, he was that except just stand up. Okay, yeah. so you know, it, Josh Baron Cohen was like a comedic actor, but that's not like right. No, I get what yeah. you're saying though. Yeah. But he was that same cult, like maybe not that magnitude because Borat hit like yeah, hard. He was huge. Mm-hmm. But he was the he was like a working. It was weird, like when I went, I, I went and hung out at midnight one time, and Yakov like, Yak Smirnoff was just like hanging out there. <laughs> and, uh, but then he was on like a week or two later. He he was on it. So He's just it was, checking it out to get. Yeah, get yeah, the it's, yeah. It's it's interesting, but yeah, he was he had his time. So uh, maybe you can spill secrets on it now that the show's off. They had a staff of writers, so would they yeah. just have like jokes primed for people if they wanted them? Um, so the way it worked is you got pit, you were like, okay, you're on today, this episode. A couple hours before the show, they send you the packet of what the games will be. Each game has a set of example jokes. Okay, you are free to just use those example jokes. Gotcha. If you want, or you have, you can write your own, or they have a writer who sits with you and will help you fill in any of the gaps. Because there were a lot of guests that were not even comics. Really. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were just, you know, my, I was on a couple times, like, Marcella writes all most, yeah, Marcella writes, like, all her jokes. Yeah. Dan St. Germain was probably, like, 80-20, where he did a lot of dirty stuff, so that got cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, I did all my own, and then I th- think I forget who it was someone I was on that just did like most like their jokes were just all in the packet. But then it's just like selling it. Yeah. So right. it's like a weird like you know it's making it look like you just came up with it. Sure. They're mm-hmm. all just sitting on like card note cards like in your podium. It's it's um it was fun. I mean that I guess that's almost the same kind of thing as Futurama where. It's a good show to have on in the background because you mm-hmm. could you could tune in and tune out yeah. and it would just sort of connect or not. Um, the the Yakov Smirnov thing, it, it it's funny because he's still doing shit. But there was a sketch on the Ben Stiller show that aired in like 1993 mm-hmm. that was called like you know the life and death of Yakov Smirnov. And it was after the Cold War. I mean, so that's going back 25 years was when he had already become like a has-been, so to speak, and has then found this whole second career mm-hmm. doing his thing. I, I would imagine that he's still, he's moved off a little bit from in Soviet Russia, such and such yeah, does yeah, this. Yeah. But, but that's what people want to go see when they're, they're checking out the, the shows in Branson. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's just weird when Fry pulls stuff like that out because so, and this is like 2002. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that's like 10 years 
after you know, it's already like kind of gone around. So he's cycled back twice now. Yeah. And it all makes sense to us. I'm sure your niece and nephew are like, uh, huh? huh? <laughs> but they're just laughing at the placement of the words or the name point. or the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. So what was it? The professor that said that the, the comet was out of, out of ice, like a space motel six, was it him or Fry? Yeah, Fry said that. Yeah, it's Fry. I don't think Professor was on that that trip to the comet. I uh, I never use the ice machine at hotels. Those creep me the <laughs> fuck out. I don't think I have either. I think I've always intended to. I think I used it one time when I didn't have a fridge and I just filled the bucket up and then just like put my drinks in the bucket so they were cold. But that like I yeah, think it's that's it's, what it's for. But it's, well, I yeah. think it's for fuck it though. Like it's sex ice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's you, for you sure put sex your, ice. You put your champagne bottle in that oh, bucket, okay, and then you go okay. to the ice machine. You fill it up. You get your champagne cold. I, I thought like meant to ice things down afterwards, <laughs> or like, <laughs> as, like as like foreplay <laughs> ice for. Oh shit! You need to step your ice use up. Well, I I pretty much travel it by in myself in your drinks like a commoner. <laughs> well, no, now like now if I stay at a hotel, ninety percent of the time it's got. A fridge in it. Mm, you stepped your life up. Yeah, or at least, you know, my clients are paying for me to step yeah. my life up. <laughs> but but even then, like I I don't I'm not putting on airs or anything. I'll still drink my stuff warm, but it's nice to have options. Good man. I'm glad and you're still a man of the people. Is it you know this this stuff? Like, you know, look underneath the microwave in there. I got a bunch of these room temperature because that's you know it's delicious either way. Same old you. Yeah. <laughs> And then this led right into the Morbo and Linda. So they just gave up on getting ice for the ocean. Like, well, fuck it. That's it. Well, That's there's it. no more there's ice no to more get. There's no more ice on the comet. Let's just forget this whole plan. I wasn't go wasn't home there, and not give a shit. Wasn't there at some point some plan to harvest ice from the Great Lakes and take it to the desert? I don't know. Uh, for like the California drought, I feel like they were taking water from the Midwest and like, I mean, I think Nestle's trying to steal our shit anyway, but Nestle steals all the water. But I feel like there was, I'll have to look, it sounds like a dollop episode. So maybe that's something out there, but like, you know, big chunks of ice out of Lake Erie that they were going to airlift somewhere. I feel like it would melt. So, but at this point, like. Is Antarctica totally melted too? In the episode? Yeah. Or, uh, I think they also, once they can't put the ice cube in, everything starts melting. Okay. I and think, then, yeah, then it just yeah, goes. They to said hell. the poles melted, I believe in it. Okay. The, uh, the, the gay Noah's Ark <laughs> was one of the best gags I've seen in this show. And it was like, it was so well executed. Right. Where first, you know, first there's the Ark itself with all the animals, but then like, some parts of the Bible I like, some parts yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I mean, like. it was it was just because it hits all the right notes about what's ridiculous about shit like that, mm-hmm. and and I can't like I can't bring myself to go down to Cincinnati <laughs> to that creation as a museum. Did they, did they finish the ark down there? Uh, maybe I don't know. They were mm. he was building the replica, and I and he it's it's, it's the same guy that like had the debate with Bill Nye, and uh, he's crazy. But he had been soliciting money to build the life-size Noah's Ark replica. 
And I think they're going to fill it with animals, too, like live animals, like a zoo. Mm. And the smells must be Ooh. just unbearable. Can't be good. Um, but, like, I'm surprised they let Linda go on camera in her... I mean, she was <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> like, it, just, it wasn't just that her makeup was melted, like her Everybody's lipstick got was smeared all over. They're all pit-stained out. Uh, Morbo, like, the, the, Morbo the was squishy head. sticky. And then there's the uh, poor turtle. Poor turtle. The poor turtles. Why were the turtles going to the Netherlands? Because they were migrating. Yeah, they had to migrate. From where? Galapagos? No, they weren't. No, it was not, it was not the Galapagos. It was, just, it was just the fact that they've never they been were. in Netherlands, and now they're going there. <laughs> so. But it's okay. Maybe those windmills will keep them cool. Windmills, windmills do not don't work, work that way. way. Good night. I have you ever been been to the Netherlands? No, nah, man. It's it's weird. I can imagine. It's underwater. I mean, not literally. Like sea level. But literally, though. yeah. I I was over there on tour once, and we were playing this town that was kind of like up in the northern part of the country, and. We got to a place, we're wandering to stretch our legs. There's like these steps that just walk up to nowhere. Like they, they just, they go up and you're like, what the fuck is that? So we climb up these steps and as soon as you get to the top, it's like, oh, there's the North Sea. Like <laughs> they, there's a, there's That's a ramp awesome. with like, like a slope like this. Like you just walk into the water mm. and then you go down this hill and there's a whole town and shit. Like if that, if that ever goes up, like Den Helder's gone. And yeah. That's what sea level's about to when the, when the coals melt, it's going to get bad. Mm -hmm. Miami's fucked. Yeah, man. I think we're okay, right? I mean, I that, mean it depends, that cliff depends over what there. We, are, we is. Uh, well, like the coast of Lake Erie. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, we'll be fine. I hope so. I might have some, like, beachfront property in a couple of years. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Maybe, man. If I don't, if I don't float away. Yeah. <laughs> um. I didn't realize that this was the episode where the the bender on his back flopping became mm -hmm. a thing because that's in the the game. Yeah, yeah, that's in the game. Um, well, I like Leela's line when he says, uh, "We've got something in common." She says, "What? You're both alcoholic, whoremongering, chain-smoking <laughs> gamblers." It's like, no, that's not it. But maybe they are. I mean, it just wasn't what it was, it was on the top of his mind. But that turtle could have been a total degenerate. Mm -hmm. Could have been. We'll never know. It's uh, I didn't realize at the point where the uh, shit. What, what's the um the civil? Is it civil defense? Like the van that was going yeah, around and asking everything. I didn't realize that was a robot. Oh, the actual mm -hmm. van. Yeah, yeah. Until oh. until later, <laughs> when then, it, it it announced Al Gore. Right, but when the guy came running out, they're like, "We need scientists." <laughs> He's like, I have a degree in homeopathic medicine from Evergreen State College. He's like, you've got a degree in baloney. <laughs> but isn't isn't Evergreen where? That's where, isn't that where Steve lived. Jobs went. Matt Groening went there. Okay, yeah. So that's yeah. the same school. It's this school in Washington State that is one of the like one of those first super hippie schools where there's no grades, there's no real classes. You just go in and kind of figure your shit out. And come up, you, you basically just talk a good enough game and come up with a plan to get out. And uh, so, like life. No, 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 no. But you have to pay to do this. Oh, 
And then when you get done, you get a degree and people think you're smart. And maybe you are because you just spent your whole college career not, you know what I mean, you know, just making shit up. Um, but the fact that it was, that they called out that school on purpose. And maybe, I didn't know Matt Groening went there, but that would make sense. Um, but homeopathic medicine too, that was all, it was all gorgeous, just calling mm -hmm. it out. And it's bad. Um, so is have they done they haven't gone to japan before this right i don't think so no the uh there was the sign in kyoto which is the anagram lowers tokyo was another one of my favorite jokes in in the entire course of the show i think but i i, I didn't catch all the other signs there was the curious pussycat store um there's something else did you catch any of them Mm, that was the only one that I remember was the uh, the curious pussycat. It was mm -hmm. supposed to be like "Hello Kitty." Yeah, but was I mean was it referring to something else? It sounds a little dirty. No, I don't think so. No. It's just I think it's just the, what they picked name wise. It's Japanese strangeness. There wasn't a whole lot of like background stuff in this episode that was like any better than what was going on in the actual. No, scene. for sure, for no, sure. No it, Easter egg. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was it was very much like foreground stuff. Although, um, well, no, because they so they have the there's like the climate the, the climate discussion with all the scientists. Yes, and the and whole red moon, carpet thing. The, well, that and the moon sapphires, and because <laughs> like the the wizard, the evil wizard. Oh. Sure, was, blame the wizards. What was what was that guy from? That character Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Was that the Tim. same one? Did was he also in Time Bandits? Oh, uh, it's been a couple of years since I've seen Time Bandits, yeah. but probably. Uh, it's the, very whenever likely. you see a guy with goat horns, it's a probably Terry Gilliam's involved. Mm -hmm. And B, it's going to make me think of that anyway. So I I mean, I figured it was something like that. But I haven't watched the uh, the Holy Grail in a while. Um, I, I love that Al Gore actually again voices his own voice in doing well, this. Well, because his daughter yeah. is a writer, was a writer is for she? the show. Yeah. Did we talk about that before? I think we did at some point when we brought was, up Al Gore. It was on the the episode that I was on. Where I was a guest. Oh, it might have been. Was the one with the vice presidential action squad or whatever. Oh, with it was. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it all comes back around. Stephen Hawking and <laughs> Uhura and Harry Potter and, and the Balance of Earth. <laughs> I I uh I used to work in a bookstore like when this was all airing. Yeah. And I I had like three authors that I hated. And I was like, I'm a reader, I like books. But I had to move so many fucking Harry Potter books and so many Nora Roberts books. And you just, you get to staring at the back covers and you see the author's photos and you're just like, fuck you. Mm. And, it, and like case after case. And those Harry Potter books would come in and it was like, you know, under lock and key. Because God forbid somebody got their hands on a copy beforehand. Yeah. And uh, they disguise them as other things. Like they put them in different boxes and they then they'd wrap those in like opaque plastic wrap and shit. But, uh, uh, you know, recently with J.K. Rowling being as fucking critical of our shitty president as she is, just vocally and frequently, I've come around on that. Mm -hmm. I still haven't really dug into the Harry Potter yeah. thing, but but it's nice that she's willing to just... You just dig her humanity? Yeah. 
yeah, just being able to like, hey, I'm a billionaire too. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's really great. And yeah. I ain't saying uh, like billionaire too. Like I, I, he still hasn't proven that. No. Fuck that guy. Um, it, it's, uh, but like, it's interesting that even now you probably still use that like rapper to get people to get into something else. Like you Using just, like, like a Harry, Harry Potter. Potter mm-hmm. in the... Has there been anything like mm-hmm. literature wise to blow up that big? Since then? Yeah. I don't think so. Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe. Yeah, I maybe some of the, the Twilight, Twilight crap or like the Hunger Games stuff. I don't know. It's, I'm probably just it, there. Probably has been, but we're not as aware of it. What's wrong? Oh, you aren't reading Harry young Bull- adult literature. <laughs> no, um, Harry Potter was big because it had that mass appeal to people of many ages. Also, the, so, the witchcraft and Satanism. That too. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I think there's probably there's probably been like a series that kids I don't know any teenagers, so I can't tell you. <laughs> but you'll probably find out in a few years when your daughter gets to be of, of oh. that age. Yeah, yeah there's adult. there's a lot of movies that are coming out that are based on books that are like, like Percy like Jackson teen, stuff and like teen lemony stuff. Captain Underpants. Yeah. Well, I knew that was a that's book. yeah, it's like a kid kid book. No, there's though. another one coming out that I saw. I don't even remember what it was called. Is it? Does it look good? No, no. It looks like something that is not in my uh, demographic. Okay, <laughs> at all. I'll, I, I, yeah, that's the irony of all. Is I'll probably see all of this shit before you. And I think it was like before it or something like that, which is weird because hmm. they usually show well, stuff that are more. It's about a bunch of kids. That's true. I mean, it all it all makes sense eventually. Um, it's uh, is it, you know whenever Wernstrom shows back up, like. Shit's gonna go down. What He's such shit? an insufferable. Just his idea ass. was awful too. Reflecting forty percent of the sun's rays—that's too much. That would like, create, <laughs> that would probably create an ice age. That's what I thought. Yeah, it I, would. I was hoping that would be the joke, like that he'd, he'd reflect all the stuff back, and then everybody would start freezing immediately. No, just the mirror turned around and fucking magnifying glass fire lined everyone. What hit the mirror? Like a, meteor, like a, like a meteor. Just yeah, a little, yeah, like a little space rock. rock. Dink. And then, and it cracked it too. Mm-hmm. This is a terrible plan. He's he's a very yeah. Wordstrom's always yeah. He's always just the worst. The fu- the first the I think it was his first episode where he's like, I want this many interns, and then I want tenure, and then he's like, I'm not gonna fix anything. I have tenure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, was, you uh, can't fire me. Was that that was uh the, the big garbage, hunk of the garbage? Pollution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it was I want. I want five interns, and three of them need to be Chinese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the uh, so the whole flashback though with the professor, where he reveals that he's responsible for it, um, is he he's never used the memory before, <laughs> that right? Little, the Nuts little to robot, me, I'm taking the stage. The little robot is like, "May I give you a kiss on the forehead?" It was C three PO. And and I didn't understand why did he kill it after that? What was it about it wanting to be affectionate that he was like, no, this won't do. Mom wanted some crazy killer robots. Yeah, she always wants. They were too polite. Oh, oh, okay, that's the part I missed. Mm -hmm. Mom's a psycho. Yeah, she is. But she's she knows what she wants though. I mean, she She wants the professor. Let's go (laughs) on Uh, the table in the lab right now. And and his 
<laughs> what, what, what did he do when he did the like? Is he just smelling his breath? Yeah. <laughs> it's like such a weird. Don't you ever do that? No, because I brush my teeth six times a day. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. We talked about this. <laughs> this I, I try and be minty fresh. The best way, possible. actually, to know if your breath stinks is lick the back of your hand and let it dry and then smell it, mm. which is kind of gross, but <laughs> if you're in a pinch and need to know. <laughs> does it have to be the back of your hand? Uh, Yeah, because of, like, sweat in your palm and stuff can make it. Wouldn't, I mean, could like, you it your, could be like your, your arm, arm, I guess, yeah. yeah. Could you lick your elbow? If you could, if you can, it'd be a trick. Mm. I, I'm gonna probably dislocate my shoulder trying that later. <laughs> um, I, I just, uh, I didn't understand. I and maybe it was just for comedic purposes, probably. But the 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 sport utility robot was basically Bender. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that he looks like like a prototype bender. Yeah, it's, it's like the the uh, the first the first Iron Man suit when he like builds it out of yeah. like the the tank armor in the desert. Um, but then then everything it uh, it becomes destroy all robots instead of kill all humans. It's a nice twist on that. And mm-hmm. why <sighs> Bender folds up into his little. His chest cavity, like the turtle, folds mm-hmm. up into his shell. They try to get him to to come back out with a Bender snack, which is the lowbrow beer, <laughs> like waving the beer around, and Bender's trying to get it without coming out of his chest cavity. You know what? I have to go back to destroying all robots real yeah. quick. I was debating whether or not to say this, but whenever would an entire planet, let alone like just even a country all agree to destroy or get rid of something to save something That's else. That's what genocides are. <laughs> Trump, tr- Trump, Trump's literally like sl- like letting a natural genocide happen in Puerto Rico by just slow response. Like it happens all the time yeah. in the world. Uh, the the alt-right's uh, hope for the Trump administration was they would do away with illegal immigration and legal immigration, which is worse because then they're here forever. And they're hopeful to attain a white ethno state through peaceful ethnic cleansing, which is a real thing people think. And when you look at it subjectively, like that doesn't make sense. But then, like restricting healthcare, restricting education, slow responses, like you know, the like even the California fires, like yeah, yeah, it's getting responded to, but like you haven't said anything. Like, do you just not give a fuck about a state that didn't vote for you just because they didn't vote for you? In like his it's just case, a ve- yeah, yeah. And, it's, and so it's just a weird like. You're not saying that's what you're doing, but like you're just fine with things playing out yeah, slowly. Yeah. And it's not an intentional like they're not running around hatcheting everyone in, in different pieces. Just say, you know, they were they were just gonna demagnify or electromagnify all the robots, and they would just peacefully just shut mm-hmm. off, even though they would always just cease. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I get where you, where you where, what you're saying. I mean, that I was, was thinking of it in like in an opposite sense, just like with all the debate. Of and no one can agree on anything. Oh, uh, yeah, how yeah. how like all of a sudden this is the problem. This is how you fix it, and then that's mm-hmm. well because it, it literally became a question of extinction for people. That's true. Yeah, I, it, yeah. I and guess. That, yeah. I mean, and that's that's really what it it usually has to come to. I think. I mean, and, and it's oh, it's just it's I, exhausting to think about. Like yeah. just it just like. Like trying, 
trying to understand that kind of mindset, mm -hmm. it like physically hurts. Yeah. It's just, it's like. Well, cause there's not a lot of understanding built into that mindset. Yeah. Like it's a very, I was, I was hanging out with someone and uh, they have a mixed race kid and they said that their mom wouldn't even like touch the baby. And it's like, wow, like your hatred runs so deep that you can't even let love of your grandkid be, be a factor. Yeah. And so it's very like jar. And it's just like, that's just the most people have uh. like are fortunate enough to grow up in a world or in a type of world where like you're not that scared of other people or differences. Right. Um, but apparently that's the like uh, it, it plays out like right now with the NFL, like people are, were protesting the NFL because of how they were treating Kaepernick for speaking up. Right. right. So there was a chunk of people already protesting. And then Trump reframed it to if you're protesting, you're protesting the flag and the troops and everything they stand for. Right. So then all these pro-patriotic people are boycotting the NFL. So the NFL is like, who's going to watch us? And it's like the, <laughs> the apathetic people, which is most of 95 percent yeah, of the population. Like it's literally like 80 percent of your base is still going to be there. Like they don't give a fuck about. Either way, either way, they yeah. just want to see big clouds. Mm -hmm. They just the want to forget. They just want to forget that shit's going on, which yeah. is you know whatever. Uh, yeah, it's or when the their team gets to the uh, playoffs and then yeah. they just uh, don't care anymore and we'll start watching it. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> that's most uh, even those people that are like, I'm not going to watch it. You're eventually going to start watching. Yeah, it. I, eventually. <laughs> I give like zero fucks about sports. Complete, like I do yeah. not care. But when the Indians or the Cavs, well, the whatever, NFL like, needs you to start watching. Now. I know, but I'll check scores when yeah. that shit's like when they're, you know, popping off. At when the it end becomes of the season. a point of civic pride, everyone gets involved. Exactly, exactly. Like I understood the magnitude when the Cavs won that championship a mm -hmm. couple of years ago. I still don't give a fuck. Yeah, it was like this is a big deal, mm -hmm. and hopefully they'll stop. You know. Like this year, they won't fuck it up again. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, maybe next year the Indians won't either. Mm -hmm. But it is Cleveland, so yeah. It, I, I always thought that was like uh, this. Is, this is going deep and old, so bear with me. But like, there was this whole thing forever and ever on the daytime Emmys where like Susan Lucci was nominated like every yeah, year for like twenty five years and never won, <laughs> and eventually she won. And it's like that's her whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. So now it's just like who gives a fuck? And like that's like with the Cubs. Now, like, oh, you know, but now their story's over. Like, the mm -hmm. good story. And now it's just, oh, they, well, they won again. Now you reset that clock and who gives yeah. a shit? Unless you're a Cubs fan, I guess. But, like, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if it's better with the Indians to be, like, consistently, like, a really good team without ever getting over the hump. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I also don't put, a, like, a, I'm a fan of just Cleveland in general, so I'll, I'll support things. But, like, it's funny the, the displaced passion behind, not displaced, you passionate about whatever you want but there's so much passion for sports and this and the other but like not for parts of the city like i love cleveland so much that like you have to love all parts of it you can't just yeah. like the the sports and the cupcake shops and the breweries like you also have to like we have a pretty shitty police department that just like <laughs> they yes, rehired they rehired five of those cops that they uh fired because they were in that Shoot where they shot 137 rounds of those that car. Couple. Yeah. and, and they rehired those five people, and that's whatever you yeah. arbitration, whatever. But it's funny the lack of 
outcry or anger I see from people in general. Like, there are some people who care, but for the most part, no one gives a fuck. Right. But if the Browns had rehired five people that they fired in that same time span. (laughs) Like there would be such an outcry for it. But it's literally riots in the streets. But you don't you don't care about things that you don't that don't affect you. So no one gave a fuck about the robots in the episode until it was like, oh, we're hot because of the robots. Yeah. Even though the robots are like allowing them to be as lazy as they possibly are. Which kind of sports allow us to be lazy and forget you know, this, that, and the other, or what's going on with your day. You can you just need your escapism. Do, yeah, you need, everyone has a different version of it. Yeah, I, and that's, I mean, that's a point I've seen you verbalize a lot, you know, in, in social media, especially when things like that. I mean, it's like, okay, how about you take one-tenth of what's getting invested into sports or whatever and put that towards the arts and see where it goes. See where it goes. You know, that, because that, it, that's the, you know, it's, it, it's, we can't. We keep getting fucking political because it just the world is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the whole thing about like gutting the funding for the NEA and the NEH. It's like literally a sliver, so small in the whole budget that you can't mm-hmm. you can't even see it on the pie That's chart. Literally one bomb. Yeah. But probably less. <laughs> probably less than a bomb. You know, but. and and yet that's like the target mm-hmm. right away. And and then then you gotta try and like step back and think, oh, like, are they doing that to distract you away from something else? And then then I just this guy fall into a puddle of yeah. like neurosis and, and it's fear. no and it's not like it's not like they all of a sudden switch and now all this shit like there's like one my one friend Sam J had a good point she's like there's always been a shitty white dude in charge this is just the most extreme version of it <laughs> so it's like it's jarring to the people that normally are like wink wink nose tap yeah like this is fine um now it's just like it's all on the table. It's, it's all on the table, which is awful. like jarring to people who are like, that's what this table is made out of? It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what the table is made out of. Uh, this is, I think this is a nice cherry. Mm-hmm. It's, Very nice I mean, it's, it's a little, it's a little battle worn right now. Um, I, so I guess Nixon's plan then to destroy all the robots is to like to have the ultimate robot spring break in the Galapagos Islands. Yeah. And Zoidberg is so proud of himself for figuring out the plan. <laughs> I felt really good for him it's until they shut why. him down. Uh, yeah, we figured that out already. <laughs> it was just it was so uncalled for. Like, just let him have that little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's when everybody shits on Zoidberg, it just bums me out a little bit. Yeah, um, it's funny. Like every great show has that foil. Like Parks and Rec has Jerry. Yeah, and The <laughs> Office had uh, Kevin, and everyone has that like little mope they just never let win. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who? Wait, which one was Kevin on the Office? The bald accountant, accountant. dude guy. Oh yeah, What's I was that? thinking Toby. Oh Toby. Toby too. too. I mean, yeah. I, really, I think sixty percent of the staff HR. on the Office was that guy. <laughs> like they were all beaten down. Working in a paper company in Scranton will probably do that to you, or a bank in Cleveland, <laughs> or a tattoo shop. Or is that is that I will more? Never like, be beaten down. No. Oh, I don't get beaten. No, I don't. No. Not even emotionally. Nope. Uh, metaphorically, spiritually, or is all positive? No, I kind feelings? of, I kind of like my job. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I kind of like mine too, but it's only because when I work with people, I get. I've to also only been there for like ten months. months. Yeah, so we'll see. Mm. You want to talk about people that have been there seven plus years? Then it's a little different. <laughs> so how does how does that work for you? Because you're basically an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. And you can come and go as you please. 
but is it better to get out and work with people you don't know or do you, like do you prefer that or do you like as far as working, like who's in the crowd or like are, working on projects i you know because like most of most of the things i have done in comedy are because of a connection i already had right or had made along the route of doing comedy where like now more things are dependent on me going in to people I don't know and being like, here's me doing this acting thing you want, or here's this idea for a mm -hmm. thing, like give me money. So I'm trying to work with new people, but the most beneficial and uh, uh, most beneficial things I have done and the most fun things I have done have been with friends or people who I looked up to who became peers and mentors and right. that process. Um, but it's a weird mix of both. Because I have to imagine that by the same token, and I, I, I get the the ability to collaborate successfully with people that you love and admire and respect mm -hmm. is like really satisfying. Yeah. But if you go into something cold and you kill it and you walk out with the job or the mm -hmm. deal or whatever, like that's got to be a whole other layer of satisfaction too. It's just like yeah. this is just me and I did this. Yeah. Um, and that's like you get to reinvent yourself any old time you want to. It's a pretty, pretty different thing. It's not just like showing up and getting. I, how do we even get here? We're talking about. I don't even I don't know. know. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay, but we're, out, we're off the rails. Um, the uh, <laughs> the signs on the island with the big with the big robot uh, party ne and then next the scrap week, metal tomorrow giveaway. big scrap metal giveaway. But uh, I have you. Have any of you ever gone to like a spring break situation? No. No. It's it no. terrifies like just the thought of it terrifies me. I've been to New Orleans, which is kind of spring break vibes like all the time. Yeah. And walked from somewhere, walked down Bourbon Street. I didn't even make it three blocks. I had to get off and go down a side street. But it's just people drinking and just like, uh, like just being messes, yeah. Just literally like, woo, woo, and it's people who are like very normally probably very like, Meh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, they're cutting loose in an extreme way because they keep it too tight mm -hmm. during the year. I think the closest I ever got to it, and and the only reason I bring it up is like it looked like everybody was having fun. And whenever you see like spring break footage, everybody there seems to be having fun. In theory, <laughs> it terrifies me, and and like I don't. I don't even know how I could handle it because too many people and too much like overstimulation and all that stuff. But there was, um, this happened like two years in a row. We were, we'd go on tour in the spring and for whatever reason, we'd wind up in Daytona beach the same time as bike week. Mm. So oh, it was just like no. filled with bikers and their assorted hangers on. And it was just pure insanity. Like, mm -hmm. I, like just even, I don't know what they call it when like they they speed like they rev up and burn the tires on the road and it's like black burnout is that called Peel a, out. Okay. Yeah. yeah just that going on all up and down the main drag the whole time and like just trying to get from point A to point B was terrifying and then these are like methed out crazy motorcycle people <laughs> yeah. too so it was like it wasn't just like dumb frat boys which actually are scarier to probably me probably worse yeah, yeah there, it, this is <laughs> this happened uh about six months ago um my wife and i are walking home from the side quest which is about a, it's like a nerd bar it's about a mile from our house we were just walking down detroit 
back to our place. As we were coming down, there's like this group of three clearly fucked up, like 20-ish frat guys. And we were like scared. Like, I don't get scared if I see a person of color walking across the street or like a, a homeless person or whatever. Like, it's fine. It, people have always, but like three white guys in white baseball hats mm -hmm. at two in the morning with a stumble on, mm -hmm. that shit's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And the funny part is they thought they were going to Barrio to get tacos <laughs> and they were about two <laughs> miles away. Like they're just in the wrong fucking place. No mm. way. I wasn't going to help them. No. I just wanted to get away from them as soon as possible. Yeah, Need to stumble back to around the corner where they came from. Or, or wherever. Stupid I mean, bar. Yeah, just a bad place. Someone someone <laughs> has met some <laughs> shitty man at around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone who's gone to around the corner mm, has that's met just some all they, shitty That's there. all they apply in. <laughs> for, for decades now, that's been their bread and butter. But they have great wings. Really? Lemon, the, the, uh, I think it's lemon pepper or garlic pepper wings are like... What, so how do you obtain those wings without having to deal with the clientele? I don't know. I did a wing crawl. I judged a wing crawl one year, and I took my nephew, and those were oh, our favorite wings. That sounds good. I have mm. some friends who used to cook there and did not hear the nicest things about oh, I'm sure cooking the wings. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's not. You just don't great. hear about, just don't listen about things like that. <laughs> yeah, because nowhere is great. Yeah. No, it's... it's uh, I worked at a BW3 for several years. It was not... Just bags of blood yeah. is what I heard. Frozen. Frozen blood. Bags of blood. Um, was this... I don't I don't recall ever seeing Headless Agnew before. Nope, this is his debut. Was it him and Nixon turn into like a Voltron kind of thing? Or is he just... No, he just sits on top of it like that's his body. Like a pedestal? A head. Yeah. It's his mode of transportation. Or oh. Agnew carries him around. It was. It was. But very, I don't know uh, where the noise. Yeah, from I was Agnew thinking that too. Where, where's his voice coming from? Because he just goes. From his throat. Mm, <laughs> it made me. It was so so Phil Hartman Frankenstein. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, like it warmed my heart. Um, and then then Hedonism Bot shows it up. Was this debut, his debut? Yeah, also, does he come back? Yeah, he's in yeah. a lot. He's oh, in a yeah. lot. I mean, he's yeah. in the game for sure. Yeah, he's I, in a lot. He's. Mm -hmm. I forgot that he wasn't in any episodes up until this point because he is such he, like he becomes a pretty regular robot, really? like probably about as regular as a calculon or wow. You know. Every a, single robot except for what was it, Sanabot? Uh, Flexo um, wasn't Flexo there. Flexo and someone else are like in this. Episode. Yeah, Crushinator was in there in a big mm -hmm. uh, green thong, and Do she you was want ready to, to dance. Party. <laughs> you know you want. Oh, to. the robot elders from. Chopek nine, they weren't there either. No, maybe they didn't have their robes on. They're probably on Chopek nine. It's possible. And it was just all the robots on Earth. It yes, wasn't all the robots. Right. I don't think the Galapagos yeah. Islands are big enough to hold all the robots on Earth. At that point, it seemed like there'd be several. Yeah, I know. Well, at this point, there's probably not much wildlife on the Galapagos. Well, the turtles are all in the oh. Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> so, but there's no turtles at the Galapagos. And also, the island would have gotten buried under all the sea sea rise. Probably, Good yeah. Point. I'm right with you, Pete. Yeah. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> oh fuck! It's, it's like they're suspending reality and existing in the future. <laughs> I man, I mean, may, okay. I've tried to do this before, but if the Galapagos Islands are volcanic, it's possible that over the years they continued to grow as. Uh, you know, the fissures cracked open and shot magma, magma and lava into the sky, 
and then the islands would get bigger. So even as sea level went up, maybe the islands could go too. Viable? Mm, okay. Sure. I'll accept it. Sounds like science. Um, I, uh, I found the solution that the professor came up with to move the earth out of orbit using a con concentrated burst <laughs> of greenhouse gases <laughs> was, uh, I mean, I guess it's about as viable as Superman spinning the planet backwards to turn back time. I don't think time works like that. Maybe on Krypton or something. Wait, turn back time what? Superman flew around oh, the Earth. Yeah. Oh, when he He'd fly that? backwards and it was like a reverse Did. time machine. I don't, I don't think that shit works. No. I don't think so. Superman is fucking things up. But I think uh, scientists said that the professor's solution would actually work if there was a way to do it. Real scientists? That, yeah. Like real real scientists, I believe. So do you think they... That they guy was not a scientist, it? Michelle. No, I mean, Evergreen <laughs> State. His, his degree was baloney, but... Uh, <laughs> I just worry that if you move it out of orbit, like, what if you run into Mars or some shit? Mm. Or, I mean, like, satellites, or... We're, we're in place because of the gravitational pull of the sun. Yeah. So moving it slightly, it would be... <laughs> I think we, we just turned talking. on Alexa somehow. Oh. <laughs> oh, weird. We could ask her if it's possible. I don't know. To do. She no, doesn't seem that smart whenever I ask her something. Which, which so they moved it farther away from the sun, right? So yeah. Now, yeah. So now it's cooler because we're not as close. But we don't go in a like. Also, the orbit isn't in a complete circle, so it's now we would have a new orbit. They, uh, they say it's a. There's an extra week in the calendar Ro year. It's real about party week. week. Party week. A party. Oh yeah. <laughs> I see. I missed the end of that. Or. Watching the end of it, it's and my I last forgot all about I that mean, again. I think that's the thing about this episode is it's sort of like nonstop until you hit the end, and then the bottom just drops out and it's done. Like it's mm -hmm. it's very jam packed, mm -hmm. and it, and it was really it was all kind of a story. There wasn't a lot of other stuff going on. It was yeah. just like right in your face the whole time. The, it was enjoyable. Really, what, what like there wasn't a B story. I mean, the B Not story was Bender couldn't bend over or couldn't flip over. Right? Yeah, that yeah. Was yeah. The B story. And even that was sort of like the dramatic device to res resolve the A story, too. Mm -hmm. I just liked when uh, when Nixon was about to, whatever, the Galapagos kill all those robots, the <laughs> professor says, oh, the Jedis are going to feel this one. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, I, it, oh, God. There was a second tag to that, though, wasn't there? No. Oh there well, wasn't... when they when uh, the plan works and they have the the medal ceremony, it's a lot like the the ceremony in Star Wars. B yeah. Where he gets the the what is it the polluting medal of pollution? pollution. And they're in like kind of that <laughs> that clamshell bandstand yeah. sort of thing. But there, I thought there maybe that was just the professor doing his little one off. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, this is this is a fun episode. I I had to watch two of them yesterday to prepare for this this crazy week we got mm -hmm. coming up and they're out of order. So I'm glad that it was just like, Oh good. Like there wasn't no stinkers so nope. far. And, and I'm kind of glad that I got to skip the one in, in, in the middle of the two. Yeah. Cause that would have I, I, I did the same thing today, Pete. Yeah. It's, it's a little, uh, I'm not ready for that one. No, I am not prepared. We'll, uh, 
I'm just not gonna watch it. <laughs> and now we're as we're talking about yeah. this, when this comes out, it's all gonna be past tense because mm-hmm. it'll have happened before. We're coming from the future. The future. Ah. Anyway, uh, overall, very good episode. Yeah, it was a good. I, I really like this episode. Do you? There's uh There's a couple other questions that we've asked guests intermittently. Okay. One is, which character would you bang? Would I bang? <laughs> <laughs> that was Tom's question. He had a whole no. like. <laughs> That's not usually what we ask. He had a whole bang, Mary kill. That never went well because it got real weird. But if there was a character, any character in the show that you would want to see a spinoff of, who would it be and why? Um, Scruffy. Mm. Oh. The janitor. Just because he seems like he's always around something interesting happening. Mm-hmm. As, as like a voyeur almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, a good I don't think, it, has anyone ever answered Scruffy? I think nope. usually it's a Zoidberg, but Scruffy would be great. I mean, Zoidberg would be great, but it would be like, a, yeah. you get you get what it would be immediately. It's like, like how they spun off Friends with Joey. And yeah. it like. <laughs> it, well, that made it for two seasons. Well, there was a second <laughs> they season? For, they forced <laughs> that second season. Yeah. Uh, um. I, I would love to see a Zoidberg spinoff. A lot of people say Zap Brand again, but I feel like that would be one note. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it, you know, there's, as the, as the world builds, it almost gives you these more, like Scruffy is such a great, that like that's a that's a real left field one. I like that idea a lot because it could be any, it could almost be like Quantum Leap yeah. where he just winds up in fucked up places for, and you don't even know how, mm-hmm. you don't know why. He just deals with it and then moves on. Um this is actually a new question, I think, if I can remember what I was going to ask you two minutes ago. Um, what, having watched the entire series, what is your f- favorite episode? Or or which one stands um, out to you as like... There's a few episodes, I mean, there's a lot of funny episodes, but there's a few episodes that like actually made me feel emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is when TV's done really well. Um and those episodes are the one where uh, Frag is sung by a bee. Oh, yeah. Uh, and almost, yeah, and almost dies, and he thinks he's That's keeping Lila alive, but Lila's the one keeping him alive. Like, it's huh. just a very deep... Uh, and then the uh, ep- prehistoric bark where his dog's... Uh, oh, yeah. That, well, that's, that's the dog. one that we're referring to. That's yeah. the one... How, how does this all work? That's the one we'll be watching last week. Gotcha. But actually, we're recording last week week. when this episode comes out with you. But it will have been watched and released the week before. Gotcha. And then, you know, the time travel, man. Yeah. It gets real confusing. Yeah. But no, both of those made me feel, like I said, like, I think most TV is like a passive thing. Yes. You kind of just put on a kind of zone out. Uh, So when it can actually tug it, some heartstrings like uh what a, this is a different show but uh there's a show on hbo called high maintenance which is very well done it was a web series yeah. first and hbo turned it into this it's i think there's only like maybe six or eight episodes uh but one of the episodes is the concept of the show is it's a drug dealer and then it, you kind of get the perspective of his clientele's life mm-hmm. and then like he comes in for a second and then he goes so he's yeah. a thread that connects everybody and one episode of high maintenance, which is an HBO show, you can watch it on on demand, is told from a dog's perspective. The whole episode, really. So humans are in it, but like it's really you're following this dog. Yeah. 
and it made me give a fuck about a dog. And I don't, give a, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about animals like in general. Like I'm like, oh, they're cool, but like I'm not. I can I can barely keep myself alive, so I'm not like, oh, right. look at this dog. Uh, but it it the storytelling was so well done that there needed there are no words. I always meant to check that out. I remember when it was coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were actually on Doug Loves Movies or something promoting yeah. it, and. I just I can't get through the backlog. I'll have to put that up at the top of the queue. Yeah, it's I mean, and and they're they are non sequential, right? So like, if you watch the web series and then you watch the show, you'll see a lot of the similar faces, and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of like gratification from that. But each of them stands alone or tied together for like a loose narrative. That I mean, kinda it's kind of like an anthology series yeah. where it's just like and that that conceit where the delivery guy just kind of pops in and out depending mm-hmm. on who makes the call. Yeah. Um, the other recent animated show that had the episode like that, it wasn't recent, but it was last, the third season, I think, was Bojack Horseman, uh, the episode where he's all underwater mm-hmm. and he can't huh. he can't talk. Yeah, that entire episode <laughs> the, I don't think has any, any dialogue. The it's very, The very end the of it, there's baby. a thing. But, like, it's all just, like, this... I don't know. It's it's it, you watch it and you're like, oh, this is good. And then there's an episode in the new season of BoJack where he his negative voice is running the whole episode and like it's like the voice him, in his picking head, him, picking it, picking him. And then like uh, a partner's character is like, oh, it's good to know that that voice stops at some time. And then BoJack's just like, uh. And then <laughs> so it's like it, it's it's cool. It's cool when uh, shows like this and other anime shows are able to really like put a little bit of humanity like I, I i i try to make people take truths in my stand-up yeah so it's nice when they like code it with like look at all this stuff but it's just like mm-hmm. you're gonna feel like a bunch of shit like, about this later kind of on <laughs> that on that same line there's that new uh show on netflix big mouth the nick kroll show mm-hmm. which i just watched all of those the other day and they're fucking hilarious and yeah. that, they've they've got some good it's it's about some teen well pre-teens i guess yeah. they're Reaching puberty. Reaching that, puberty. Yeah. Yeah, Do I want so, to watch this or is this going to terrify uh, Not me? with your daughter around, <laughs> but yeah, you'll probably want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, she uh, her her response to this show when she hears me listening to the episodes, she's like, Daddy, you say fuck a lot. <laughs> well, she yelled at you earlier untrue. today. <laughs> yeah, but that was just for show. She's like, watch she's, your language. She's really getting into swearing right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's I mean, and it's... <laughs> We, I, I don't remember if I said this on the show or not. Like, we, we have George Carlin rules where it's like, mm-hmm. in the house, it's fine. Say whatever. Don't be malicious. When you're outside of the house, you're on your own. You got to know what's good and what's not. And the, you have to know, basically, you have to know your audience because, mm-hmm. like, if we're up at, like, if I take her up to the fun house or something during, during the day, not during regular business hours, and she wants to swear, fine. But, like, if we take her to church or we're around, like, all of her little cousins, because <laughs> she, she, she actually taught my niece the finger. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like six, and my niece was like four, and my my sister was doing us a favor and driving her to school one morning because we I think we were out of town, and they're in the back seat, and she's like, "Okay, so do you know what this means?" <laughs> and the four year old's just like, "Oh, my sister pulls over." She's like, "What is you know?" And then it turned into this whole thing, and she you know she gets all embarrassed and scared, but like I, at the same time like it's. 
it's really fucking funny when she, <laughs> when she uses swear words properly. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, you, you got it. Like, and hopefully by you the time she gets out. old, like I wasn't allowed to say any of that shit growing up. And that's probably why I'm so obsessed with it now. So she gets it out of her system. Then we're all fine. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. What a roller coaster this was. Thank you so much for coming. No problem, man. Yeah, what, thank uh, you, man. So you've been in Cleveland for, well, now you'll probably be back in L.A. for a while, actually, by the time this comes out, because it's a couple weeks out. But you oh, were in yeah. Cleveland for October, mm-hmm. and now you're headed back out west to yeah, conquer be, the world and beyond. Uh, I got some dates, tour dates. If you go to blazerramon.com, I have everything on there. Um, I'll be popping up on an episode of Crashing this new whenever the new season of that starts. Oh, awesome. Um, I was was on a real little role on an episode of Broad City this season. So just like popping up on shit and then just like trying to do just stay high, ride my bike and do comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pretty much the same, like pretty much the same thing I was doing here, except I'm just in L.A. and like more isolated. Yeah. There's so many more people, though. It's strange Mm -hmm. how that works. And it's cool because like I, I do have a lot of friends that I've made over the years from different parts of the country who live there now. Um, so try to get, you know, I try to spend the most time with the realest people. Yeah. Um, and that, that's pretty much all I can focus on. So I know, I mean, you pop back pretty frequently too. Yeah. I try to come with my family still out here. So I try to like either do headline nights. Um, you know, this month I was able to, the Roxino in Northfield park had me headline the club for a full weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, hilarities. Uh, which is the one of the other comic clubs in town gave me one night to headline um but like just as like a business person like i make more money doing a one show somewhere else other than the comedy club like if yeah. i can if i can do the comedy club for a full weekend it's worth it but like for what they the ratio they have for stuff for one night i you know I had 29 people come to my niece's Sweet 16 party show I did for her, mm-hmm. $290, and I gave that to her. And I get paid just under that up to the first 150 people at the show. So it's like if 150 people come see me anywhere else, I make way more money. Right. So it's right. hard It's hard when, like, the familiarity I have with the club and, like, the love I have for the club kind of keeps me from being able to be a proper business person unless yeah. i unless like i get all the I, I get all the the familiarity that's there isn't beneficial to me yeah yet right you you want it to be but it's just the all comedy clubs are the same like first they're like you can't have a headline night because you haven't been on tv and it's like, oh i've been on tv a little bit like well you, you gotta be a draw <laughs> it's like oh okay and so it's like in Cle- there's very few places i i can sell tickets but cleveland is one of the few that i can yeah so it's you know and that's stuff i'm learning like as i go along like the value of like okay well i'll just have to do the work of an independent show versus the like and and i mean your history here was built on doing the indie shows mm-hmm. i mean you know with chuckle fuck and now accidental like that that brand that you built with you know your work and and the work of several talented others yeah. is a you know that's one of the things that I love about it is that they'll take a room that doesn't mm-hmm. really do that and and make it work yeah and and that's you know that was um that's got to be hard to straddle the two yeah and it's a fine line because it's like uh in the grand scheme of things doing a one night show here at a non comedy club doesn't really count towards anything 
Not that doing a one night at a comedy club counts for anything either. Right. But it's just the the perception of it. You know, like I did a I headlined a night at Caroline's in New York and twenty some people came, but people were like, Wow, congrats on headlining Caroline's. That, that yeah. had to be great. And it's like it was cool, but it like wasn't what people thought it was. But there mm-hmm. is a difference between like people seeing you at like an actual club mm-hmm. versus seeing you at like a bar. Like one is one is more like, oh, well, we got to go downtown and do this and do that. Yeah. Where the other one's like, oh, let's just go to this bar we always go to and just catch this night, which I like. It's cool. Like the comedy festival, Accidental Comedy Fest mm-hmm. moved to Hilarities this year. And it was cool to kind of have the do-it-yourself vibes in this like crown jewel of 4th Street, which was like the first business on that street. Right. So it is like that... That is separate from me as an individual headliner, though. So it's like they both like the festival's still gonna be at the club, but like I'm headlining this time around, and then hopefully the ne- the next time I work at Hilarities, it will be for a full weekend, or I won't work there again. Right. But that's some you know, and I'll I'm sure I'll get a week next year. But it's just one of those things that like you just have to kind of like build to mm-hmm. it. You have to build to it and advocate for yourself, and kind of just be like, I can I can do. You know, I it sounds like too. work, man. It's a lot of work. So it's like, I just want to get high and do comedy and hang out with my friends. <laughs> but you're making me do all this other shit. Oh, you're making me remember all the unfun parts of playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on, on that note, we can be found at slurmcast.com. All of our episodes and the link to our T Public shop are there. You can buy Futurama themed shirts. You, uh, you can submit designs for us to put in that shop. So you get a little taste of that too. Um, we can be emailed at slurmcastpod at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter at slurmcastpod. Um, rate and review us on iTunes because that's always nice to see what people think. Um, and you can text and leave us voicemails at 216-438-1077. Am I, for- I always feel like I'm forgetting something. I should have a list of these things in front of me. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I think that's yeah. it. All right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, T-shirts, phone number, send iTunes. It, send us money and pictures and nice comments. And if you've got something mean to say, keep it to yourself. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.